0: Love, talk, radio. Good morning, everybody. My name is Benson Fechter, and I'll be the host of your show today. We are live from PNC Park at Pirates Fest, giving you the 2019 preview show. We are the only Pirates podcast down here. We got donuts. So if you're in the Pittsburgh area anytime during this episode and listening live, please stop down. Uh, we had no no takers yet this morning, so we do have plenty of donuts and plenty of pirates to discuss. It's going to be a special three-hour episode, a lot to get to, uh, but before we get to that, if you're going down to spring training or if you're planning on going to a game this season, head over to stubyard.com, punch in promo code BPN10, get 10% off all tickets for any event, anytime, that's 10% off at Stubyard. BPN10, let them know. That we sent you. If you want to call in, the call number is 845 277 9345. Again, that's 845 277 9345. We'll talk Pirates Baseball to you here on this snowy morning in Pittsburgh. But uh, hour one, we're going to be talking about the 2018 season, recapping that. Hour two, we're going to head into the offseason thus far. And hour three, special 2019 preview, we're going to give you predictions for all the players, record predictions, our World Series predictions, all that and much more. Thank you for tuning in live, archived, however you're doing it. We're happy to have you here. I want to dive into the 2018 season as a whole and just really talk about the season that was, 2018. You can't really talk about 2018 unless you talk about the offseason prior to the season in which the team traded away. Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole... Kutch to the Giants, and Cole to the Astros. The return packages for those players, Angela McCutch. we received Kyle Crick, Brian Reynolds, and some international pool money. And for Garrett Cole, a little bit of a bigger return, receiving Joe Musgrove, Colin Moran, Michael Feliz, and Jason Martin. Now, when these trades happened, the doom and gloom predictions uh, were surrounding the city of Pittsburgh. There was a petition with Over 40,000 signatures for uh, Bob Nutton to sell the team. Um, Fans were very upset and were expecting a 100-loss season. Now, we obviously know that that did not happen, but we're going to break down the season for you. So, heading into spring of last last season, uh, optimism was at an all-time low on the fan base uh, with the trades. And the spring training didn't do much to help uh, the optimism going into the 2018 season as the team went 11-19-3. However, there were some promising performances uh, from the likes of Jose Ozuna, who we talked about at length on last week's episode. Jose Ozuna had a wonderful spring training, six home runs, 30, 36 runs uh, driven, in. a wonderful spring training training. However, he did not make the opening day roster, Due to the Pirates opening the season in Detroit and not in need of that extra bench bat, so they opted to go ahead and put Josh Smoker on the opening day roster as they opted to pick the reliever over the bat. Now, the 2018 season, we started off in April, and, you know, the goal was to shock, shock some people. You know, the team was young. Um, in my opinion, they were a very exciting team, but really the expectations weren't high. So they go into Detroit, and on opening day, probably one of the craziest opening days in uh, Pirates history as the first scheduled uh, game was rained out, um, but they, they did end up playing on that second day of the season. Uh, and it was a fantastic ball game. Uh, the Pirates had an early lead in that game, But they ended up uh, going down and fighting back, taking a four-run lead in the ninth inning. Tigers ended up fighting back, tying that game, actually supposedly walking it off. Uh, The play was obviously challenged by Clint Hurdle and was overturned, uh, leading uh, to the extra inning affair. Game went to 13 innings, and Gregory Apolongo hit a three-run home run, giving the Pirates a nice hot cup of coffee on a very cold opening day. Game went five hours and 27 minutes, uh, longest opening day in Pirates history. Came out victorious, 13-10, to 10, and it really set the tone for the season. And this team was going to scratch, and they were going to claw, and they were going to win some ball games. So they were going to surprise some people as they did on opening day. They ended up sweeping that series, winning the rest of the games, uh, uh, one nothing uh the Williams-Fulmer battle on game two of the season. <clears throat> uh, happened in a doubleheader, an Easter Sunday doubleheader. So the the opening series was definitely a memorable one as you had the rain out on the scheduled opening day, the epic opener, uh, another rain out on that next day. So they had to go to day four for a doubleheader on Easter Sunday. And in the first game of that opener, <clears throat> uh, Trevor Williams was on the He's facing Michael Fulmer. Uh, took an early lead in the first inning. I believe it was a Gregory Polanco triple to drive home, uh, I want to say Marte or Frazier. But they did drive home the run, and that was the run that ended up uh, prevailing as the Pirates went on to win one to nothing. But the real storyline of that game on April the 1st, on that Easter Sunday, was Trevor Williams as he pitched six no-hittings. The Pirates opted to take him out as the pitch count was high. But six no-hit innings to start the season from Trevor Williams and set the tone for his season and what we were going to expect from him in 2018. Game two, that doubleheader, the Pirates ended up winning 8-6 to six to split uh, to split the, to sweep the doubleheader on Easter Sunday to sweep the series in general to Chad Cole pitching that game. It was, it was a decent game. And Felipe Vasquez, he uh, formerly known as Felipe Rivera at that time, uh, he saved both ends of the d- doubleheader, which he would do again later in the season. But that opening series really set the tone for what the 2018 season was going to be. As I said, you know we're going to scratch one, we're going to shock some people, and that's really what April was in general. As the rest of the rest of the way, the Pirates jumped out to the split series uh, against the Twins back at home, and really that opening home opener. Against the Twins, it was a very cold day, similar to how it is now, snowing here downtown at PNC Park, and the, the crowds just didn't show up. Um, heard the Pirates faithful from showing out 2013, 14, 15, even 16 and 17, but upon trading McCutcheon and Cole, uh, the the fan base didn't show up, and it was obvious there were empty seats in in the stadium, um, and it was clear. The fans were trying to send a message. However, the team went on to win and prove 4-0 on a Colin Moran's memorable Grand Slam to put the team up 5-0 early. The Twins ended up fighting back a little bit, making it a 5-4 to game, and the attendance on that day was 30,186, very low for what should have been a sold-out PNC Park. In comparison, the attendance in Detroit for a much worse team was 42,516. City of Detroit is obviously much larger, but we really should have gotten more, a higher attendance rate, on that day. We move into the Red Series following that twin split, and the team ended up, you know, taking that series by a wide margin, uh, winning the four-game series three to one. Team improved to seven and two, and the first test of the season was underway after that as the team headed to Chicago for uh, the Cubs' opening day. Uh, there was another cancellation in the first, you know, Cubs' home opener. Uh, but on that next day, the Pirates spoiled the party, winning by a score of 8 to pushing their first-place lead up to three games, 8-2 and two on the season. Hopes were starting to to rise at that point. Pirates ended up winning that series, uh, dropping the second, but winning the third as they improved to 9-3 and three on the season. We're headed down to Miami after uh, a little bit of a cold stretch from March 30th through April the 12th. Headed down to Miami. Pirates ended up dropping the first game of that series, but winning the next two to win yet another series, improving their record to 11-4. and four. At that point, you know, we're one of the better teams, and baseball had a <clears> – <throat> a two-and-a-half game lead up on the first place. Uh, we sp- spent the entire season in the first place up to that point, and they came home to face the Rockies, and that's when the offense sort of died at that point. Uh, in those next two games, they scored a total of two runs, dropping two games, better court at PNC Park. Uh, the Rockies were a little bit used to playing out there in Denver in April, um, Rockies just prevailed in those two games. Pirates ended up salvaging the game of that series, winning 10-2 in the final, proving their record of 12-6. and But that's when their little NL East trip kicked off as they headed out, headed out to Philadelphia to face the cross-state rivals and were just embarrassed. Four-game sweep dropping out of first place. Entered Philadelphia 12-6, and uh, left 12-10. and uh, Walk-off loss, Richard Rodriguez on the mound. Um... And they just had to recover from there. From that point, uh, they came home to face the Tigers, won that series, proving their record to 14 and 11. And then the, the Cardinals came to town and they swept them. Um, and that resumed the high hopes as they improved to 17 and 11. But then the NL East, as it bit us all season long, it bit us again as we went to uh, DC, nation's capital. And they ended up sweeping us in a four-game series as we dropped to 17 and 15 in fourth place after entering um, entering the nation's capital in first place. <clears throat> so then we head into May. Obviously, you know, April was a pretty good month as they went uh, 17. No, my bad. Uh, 17 and 12 in the month of April. A definite shocker uh, for Pirates faithful. Um, and then May came. And it w- it was a decent month, you know, we had the mishap the, in uh, D.C., but then they went to Milwaukee, they won that series. Uh, the White Sox series went out there, shocked them in two, swept them. The Giants came into town and in the uh, the Andrew McCutcheon Welcome Home series. We won that series, the White Sox came back into town, uh, swept that. So at that point, the record was sitting at 21-16, and 16, and... You you know the hopes were were high. You know, sitting at that twenty six and seventeen after the Padres win on nine games over five hundred, which was the most the Pirates would be over five hundred on the two thousand and nineteen season. And really, you know, in those first couple weeks leading up to May seventeenth, with that win over the Padres, spent twenty four days in first place. Uh, last of which was on that May 17th biggest lead, with three which they held on April the 10th. Uh, the season would not shape up uh, the rest of the way. And really, from that point on, if you recall, the, the next day, that Friday, the May 18th, Austin Meadows received his call to Pittsburgh. Uh, top prospects, uh, highly talented we were waiting on him forever. And he showed up, and he played outstanding. But the Pirates had a problem in the outfield. Gregory Polanco was slumping at that point, but you still the starting right field. You got Corey Dickerson and Starling Marte. The reason Austin Meadows was brought up in the first place was to give uh, Starling Marte was hurt, and they needed somebody to fill in. So they figured, you know, we're going to be aggressive. We're nine games over five hundred they going to bring up Austin Meadows and see what happens, and he played excellent. However, when Marte came back, the Pirates were forcing it a four-man outfield rotation, and that really screwed some things up. The outfield drives the Pirates' offense. It drove the offense last year with Dickerson, Marte, and Polanco, and you're rotating the four guys. You throw the Meadows in there, and the dynamic of the lineup just completely changed. Meadows was fantastic. He won Rookie of the Month in May, but... The outfield just wasn't the same. The offensive production just wasn't the same. And if you look at our record, we were 26 and 17. And you fast forward a little bit, we head into, you know, when our downfall happened. We fell under 500 on June the 9th, Saturday, June the 9th. was in 2 nothing to the Cubs. So I was 31 and 32 at that point. And Austin Meadows was on the roster that whole while, you know. If you look to when he was sent down before the 11-game winning streak, he was sent down right before it. Uh, The winning streak started against the Nationals on Wednesday, July the 11th. He was sent down July the 10th, and that's when the team went on their outstanding winning stretch, winning 11 in a row uh, on both ends of the All-Star break. Our record with Austin Meadows before he came up was twenty-six and seventeen. Uh, when he departed, our record was forty-two and forty-nine. It just shows that the dynamic wasn't there, and he really needed to go. So he was sent down at that point, point. Uh, and we all know what happened on that same July thirty-first when we acquired Chris Archer from the Tampa Bay Rays uh, for Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, and Shane Mauz. Pirates gave up a very large package in that, but really, I'm going to explain why the team won that trade. We look at the record under Austin Meadows on the roster: 26 and 17 to 42 and 49. Nine games over 500 to seven games under a 16-game swing in a time span from May the 17th to June <coughs> June uh, July the 10th. So, a very short stretch of games, and the team ended up not faring well. And after the trade happened, there's one thing, Sean, interesting. So, following the 11-game win streak, which was really the highlight of the 2018 season, you know, the team was sitting at 53-49. and 49. Um, You know, it was the most exciting baseball, Pirates baseball that I've watched maybe in, you know, it, definitely in recent memory. Definitely since 2015. But during those 11 games, you know, we were left for dead pretty much sitting at 42 and 49. There were talks about selling at the All-Star break, trade Nova, trade Marte, trade this, trade that. But it didn't happen that way, as we know. It was during the All-Star, after the All-Star break, as we came off that 11-game winning streak, we <clears throat> we went out and we acquired – Chris Archer and Keone Kella, the two big moves that were supposed to help us get over the hump, maybe win the division, at least get into the playoffs. That was that was the goal in those trades. Uh they they worked out decently well in the two thousand eighteen season. Keone Kella in August. Uh you know, he had that little hiccup in uh the twins, playing the Twins. Um, besides that, he was fantastic. Um You know, if you're just looking at what he provided to the team, he provided a shutdown eighth inning guy. And when we acquired Keone Keller, the question then became, who's gonna do the eighth inning? Kyle Crick had had the eighth inning at that point for uh, his, you know, for the length of the season since he was called up after Michael Feliz lost his eighth inning job. Kyle Crick took over that 8th inning, and he flourished in that role. And the question upon acquiring Keone Kella was who's going to take the 8th inning. Kyle Crick took it, lost it, and Kella ended up you know, being that 8th inning guy, the 8th inning guy that the Pirates ended up going to, and will be the ninth and 8th inning duo in Kella and Vasquez going forward. So... If you look at the Archer trade, how did that fare out in the 2018 season? August, it did not fare out too well. Obviously, there was so much hype leading up to his first start against the uh, the Cardinals on August the 3rd. The team ended up winning that game 7-6, to six, but Archer did not have the best start, only went four innings. The team ended up winning. It was an exhilarating game. I was watching it, uh, listening to it on the radio, and... I mean it felt like Pirates baseball is back. The stadium was packed again. The attendance on that day on that next day was 32,473 higher than the attendance on opening day. So I mean the the passion seemed to come back at that point upon acquiring Chris Archer who was the first real big name that the Pirates had ever gotten at the trade deadline in recent memory. Yes. 2015, when we went out and got J.A. Happ, Ramos Ramirez, uh, I believe that was Justin Morneau. We, we got some guys in the 2015 deadline, but it wasn't a splash. You know, this was finally the splash that the Pirates fans were dying to have, you know, acquiring Chris Archer and Keone Kella, mainly Archer. Kella was a typical Neil Huntington move, get a relief pitcher like that with Years of club control, but the Archer acquisition was unlike any trade that we have ever seen in the past. He never gave up the big names. He refused to give up Meadows at the 15 deadline, he refused to give up Glass now, rarely ever gives up a first round pick such as Shane Maws. But he did it. Finally, he made that splash, and the trust between the fan base and management at that point increased significantly because we had never made a move. Up liked that up to that point however the trades did not pan out the way we wanted them to in August as at the trade line we were 56 and 52 if you fast forward a month later to August 31st we were 66 and 69 uh, so that there would be 10 and 17 in the month of August it was not a very good month um, clearly and it sort of put us out of contention at that point Um, You know, in the month of August, we only scored 94 runs compared to the 127 we scored in July. We did give up less runs in August. And here's what I want to say about the month of August. The month of August was an outstanding one for the pitching staff. If we just look at the numbers of the runs allowed in the month of August, it is astounding. The run that the pitching staff went on and the offense just didn't show up. we look at August, you know, started start on August 5th, two runs given up, two runs given up, 10th when we gave up, 13, 0, 4, 5, 6, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1. It was a stretch from Thursday, August the 16th, to Monday, August the 20th, when we gave up one run every single game, but lost a fair amount of those games. one nothing lost to the Cubs on the 16th, one nothing to the Cubs again on the 17th, one nothing lost to the Braves August 20th. Two one loss to the Braves on August twenty second. And he says we couldn't score runs, and that really dropped us from contention. If you look at that six game span, I believe it was six games, from August the sixteenth to August the twentieth. You know, we went two two losses three. You know, it it frustrated fans because we weren't able to score the runs, and we the pitching staff was doing their job, but The offense just couldn't come all, and it was. Those are the most annoying losses to have. Those one-run losses. And if you look at the Pirates' record in one-run, one-run games in the 2018 season, it ended up uh, on the season in 2018. In one-run games, the Pirates ended up finishing. Pull this up. One-run games, 29 and 22. So they they played a very good record in those one-run games. However, during that stretch in August, when we needed to win games, when we were right there in contention, right there for the wild card spot, we we just forgot how to score runs. And September came, and we got on a little bit of a run. We entered September at 66 and 70 and left it at 82 and 79, putting the record at 16 and 10. It was a July esque month. And if you really look at the Pirates in general, as we talked about, earlier this offseason, the Pirates were one win a month away from making the postseason in 2018. Really, if you look at the months that they played fantastic, you look at April 16 and 12, July 17 and 9, September 16 and 10. If you look at May, 12 and 15 was decent. You know, we can survive on one couple of those months. But you can't have the 10 and 16 June. You can't have the 10 and 17 August. If we played 500 baseball during June and August – we're in the wild card game with a chance to do damage in the playoffs. However, obviously, this all did not occur, and, you know, we're left to with the what-ifs. What would have happened if the team played 500 baseball? a postseason caliber pitching staff, there's no doubt about that. Uh, that pitching staff was ultimately wasted, though. The Pirates had another power outage in 2018, and that cannot happen again moving forward. If a team wants to move forward and be a contender and be a World Series threat, they have the pitching staff to do it. They have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball and one of the best bullpens in baseball. If they want to be a serious threat in the very competitive NL Central and the very competitive National League in general now, they need the power to come back. Right now, the Pirates offense you would consider to be a scrappy one. A 2015 Royals type lineup, and that's a lineup that we can be because we have that dominant bullpen, and in 2015 the Royals, you know, they, they had the dominant bullpen, but they didn't have the dominant starting staff. We have the starting staff to go with it. With 2018 a disappointment, it, it's hard to say, because expectations going into the season, where well, we're going to lose 100 games. Expectations after the trade on line was we're going to make the playoffs. It was Polar opposites from February, you look at mid-February, to the expectations were headed into August and September. You know, August and September felt like Pirates baseball was back. You know, the stadium was being filled again. People were getting into it. But the team didn't show up when they needed. we needed them to show up the most. We showed up when expectations weren't high. But then when the expectations were were there, the offense died, the pitching staff stayed strong, but you really look at it in general, uh, what went wrong in the Pirates' season. You know, April, the bullpen might have cost us a few games. I mean, if you remember what that opening day bullpen, besides formerly Felipe Rivero, you look at the eighth um, and seventh inning guys that we ran out there, maybe in the sixth. The big four was Rivero, Contos, Feliz, and Everauskas. You, you look at the big five that we assembled by the end of 2018 season was Vasquez, Kella, Crick, Rodriguez, and Santana. The only guy that stayed was Felipe Vasquez, formerly Felipe Rivero, in the beginning of the season. It, the bullpen, and this happens every single season. I don't think it's going to happen this year because we have a pretty good idea of what the big four in the back end of the bullpen is going to be, but the the middle guys that's going to change. Uh, April is sort of a feel-out month. What are we going to do with the bullpen? And it, it happens every year. You know, expectations were high with George Contos coming in. He obviously did not pitch well, uh, and was, you know, cut for it, DFA'd for it. Um, Michael Feliz pitched well, a decent portion of the season, but ended up being demoted uh, when he started struggling. And if you look at George Conchus' numbers with the team, you know, he had a 5.03 ERA. He was expected to do much better, clearly. Michael Feliz, 5.66 ERA. Dovidas Navarovskis, 8.00 ERA. So the the guys we had in the back of the bullpen struggled mightily, who we expected to be, like the Vasquez, 2.70. Rodriguez, 2.47. Santana, 3.26. Crick, 2.39. Uh, Kella two point nine three. We still have one of the best bullpens in baseball, and it's only going to continue into two thousand and nineteen. <clears throat> there are a few out months, and that's what April was for the Pirates in two thousand eighteen. May the feeling out sort of stopped, and we we just forgot how to play good baseball. And I attribute that to the Austin Meadows situation. I mean, you can literally directly draw a line from when he was called up to the time he was sent down 16-game... We were 16 games under 500. The worst team in baseball during that stretch of games. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. And, you know, after we traded, after he was sent down, we, we did well, and the, the team started flourishing. Corey Dickerson got into his group. Greg Polanco was hot. Marte was hot. The three big guys in the outfield were all clicking, and that's what drove that 11-game winning streak, was that outfield offense. And the offensive numbers that we produced on that 11-game winning streak were astounding. We weren't we weren't just winning games by little margins. We were winning games by a lot, okay, during that 11-game winning streak. If we pull up the results <clears throat> during that time, 2 nothing win, obviously, um, you know, nothing special there, but six runs, seven runs. Two runs, six, seven, twelve, six, nine, seven, nine. Those are going to win you ball games. Those type of offensive production. If we can capture the magic that was in the 11 game win streak, obviously we're not going to win 162 games. It's not going to win over 100 games probably in 2019. But if you can just capture the magic of that offense, and you get guys like Diggerson going, Marte going, Polanco going, Bell was going during that stretch. Frazier was hitting. You know, Mercer was being himself. Moran was going. Cervelli Diaz, best catcher duo in the league. The offense is there and there's an opportunity for it to flourish. It's just, it's, it's going to take the internal improvements moving forward. As we head into this second half hour of hour one here, live at PNC Park outside of Pirates Fest, still snowing coming down. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, Make sure you come out. We got donuts uh, free. Uh, if you're listening live and can't come down, make sure to call at 845 277 9345. That's 845 277 9345. Also, if you're planning on heading down to spring training, uh, going to games during the season, head over to stubyard.com, punch in promo code BPN10, get 10% off any ticket. If you, you know, you're spending $200 on tickets, that's $20 off your order. Go to stubyard.com for your... All right, we are back here on Bucky Booth. I apologize for the technical difficulties we were experiencing. Uh, the cold out here kills uh, batteries faster than you'll believe it. So that's going to wrap it up for our show this morning. I apologize. We had a special three-hour episode planned for you. But I promise we will eventually get to the 2019 productions. Just have to wait a week or two for it, but until then, have a safe week, everybody. It is going to be very, very cold in the city of Pittsburgh. So if you if you're here, bundle up. Um, if you're headed down the Pirates Fest, hope you have a good time. I'll be back down there a little bit later. Uh, until then, let's go, Bucks, and have a great week, everybody.